Hey guys, TJ here. God put it on my heart to talk about money in this season. I think that's interesting because Jesus talks about money often, not because he cares so much about money, but because he cares about the heart. And we're told where your treasure is, your heart will be. And most people, the reality is most people treasure money. Now, I've had a wild story when it comes to money, and we'll dig into some of that in this season. Um, This is, is really about just helping you In your relationship with money, this is not about helping you get rich quick. This is not about helping you um, see the gospel through a prosperity, financial prosperity lens. That's not what this is about. Um, It's not about practical budgeting tips. Um, But we're going to be talking about a lot of different things that involve your mindset, uh, your attitude towards money, beliefs that you might have had, and some practicals. Um, You're going to hear from people who share uh, their wisdom Um, You're going to hear some of the things that have really helped them, and you're going to hear some testimony of just how God has changed people's relationship with money. And I think that all of us can benefit from that, but I think that there's a specific time for us to to be paying attention to this. I think there's uh, a lot of wealth creation happening right now at a very fast pace, and there's not a lot of character as a foundation. Um, So anyway, all of that to say... I hope you get value. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you. I was asking the Lord what he would like me to share, to talk about this evening. And he's had me, if you've been on the live streams recently, listening to the podcast or reading an email, he's had me on this topic of money. He's bringing money full circle for me. Uh, there's a, a long history in that journey. Uh, but I was I was asking the Lord, I said, God, what, what would you like me to share on ministry night? And um, I got Proverbs 4. If you want to learn how to hear God's voice, we did a whole session on that, and that's on YouTube. But I got the impression of Proverbs 4. And so I, I actually pulled out my Bible to Proverbs 4. And I thought, well, why, you know, I'm, I know I've got money in mind. Why Proverbs 4? And then I was reminded about what Proverbs 4 was for me when I started this journey of really getting to know who God truly is. Proverbs 4 is titled in my Bible translation that I have here, A Father's Wise Instruction. And the title in the translation that I have, I'm reading from online, says, Get Wisdom at Any Cost. I thought, man, there couldn't be something more perfect to talk about when it comes to the idea of money and the context of tonight, which is ministry. There couldn't be something more perfect to talk about than the importance of having the Father in heaven, his instruction, and the foundation, when you think about money, which is really the love of money is the root of all evil. The foundation, when you think about money, 
is to have wisdom at any cost, including financial cost. Now, why? Why would we want to have wisdom at any cost? Why do we need to have wisdom at any cost? Wisdom gives us the ability to discern, to have control, reign, R-E-I-G-N, over our minds. And money is one of the greatest temptations and biggest risks to not having wisdom, discernment, or control over our minds. So I think it's fitting that when I came to the Lord just in really just a moment, and I said, Lord, what is it? We're talking about money. It's been, you know, on the top of mind. We're having a long conversation. We just had this whole three-hour session last week on the live stream last Monday um, with a good friend of mine, Milo, who works as a trader on Wall Street. We're talking about money, overcoming greed, how, how God woke him up, convicted, and convicted him of greed and what happened and, and the things that changed and transpired from there and generosity, uh, overcoming guilt and shame, all these things. And we're talking about it in the context of understanding how to love the Lord and navigate natural, healthy desires to grow in wealth financially. And the foundation to all of these things, and by the way, if you want to listen to that, you can go on the podcast, Mindset with TJ Loeffler, you can go on the YouTube channel and you'll have access to watch the entire session there. But the foundation to all these things is to get wisdom, to get wisdom at any cost. And so I just want to read from Proverbs 4, and I'll share how that all started for me, how, how, how the idea of getting wisdom started for me. I'll first read. Proverbs 4 says, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Be listen, my sons and daughters, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. Some of you guys maybe have never heard this before. It's very important. Let it nourish your soul right now, okay? Verse 2, I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. Imagine, imagine a father figure, an authority figure in your life saying this. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. Somebody you trust. If somebody you trust said that to you, I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. You'd probably be paying extra attention. For I too was a son to my father, relatability, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. And I have here in my own Bible, just a note from 
2016. And I underlined the words live. This is from May 30th, 2016. It is January 31st, 2022. It was almost six years ago that I was reading this. And as I was reading, not because somebody told me to, not because I thought it was the religious thing to do. If I want to be a good Christian in person, I need to read the Bible. No, I was, I was actually desperate for something that nobody could give me. And I didn't know or have words for it. And how I know is because I opened the Bible myself and said, God, I don't want to, I don't want what anybody else is about. I've done the YouTube video search. At that time I was started, I was kind of navigating. There was a bunch of new age stuff showing up because I was hungry for the supernatural. I was like, I just want, what is you God? I want the real stuff. And this is how God started to encounter me, which was words started jumping off the page like this word, live. Why did that jump off the page? It resonated with me because I didn't feel like I was fully living. I was, I was alive, but I wasn't fully living. I was dead inside. There was something in my soul. I didn't have words for this. I didn't know that you have a body, soul, and spirit. I didn't know that there was a three-part being in me, just like we have a three-part God, triune God, all in one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I didn't know I had a three-part being in my body, soul, and spirit. All I knew was my body wasn't functioning properly. I was lethargic, and I didn't have energy. Spiritually, I didn't even know that was a thing. I just knew I was hungry for something. But in my soul, I knew something was missing. I didn't feel alive. I didn't even know what my soul was made up of. I didn't know my soul was my mind, my will, and my emotions. I just knew that my soul was hungry. I needed something. It was missing something. And so this word live, you will live, stood out to me. So I've got this in my mind. I'm paying attention now. Take hold of my words, verse 4, with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. With all your heart. Your heart is in your soul. Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. There must be some reason for doing this because uh, I'm told repeatedly within the first five verses, do not forsake my teaching. Take hold of my words, keep my commands, and do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, verse 6, and she will protect you. Wisdom personified as a person. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. And at that time, all I had was reputation. If I were to say, what did I have? All I had was reputation and identity interwoven into my life professionally. Little did I know that several weeks later, this was May 30th that I'm reading from right here in my Bible, May 30th, 2016. Within two to three weeks after that, God gave me a supernatural moment of peace. And I walked into the company I was working for and I resigned. That was a big deal because that company was harder to get into than it is to get into Harvard. And for me, I was doing well financially. There was a path and opportunity for me professionally. And I had just been told that 
Should I choose to stay? I had a promotion that would take effect in several months. It made no sense for me to leave. But what God was speaking to me in this section of the Bible, we're looking in the Old Testament in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, what God was speaking to me, he said, TJ, if you want to live, get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. I didn't know what any of this meant. I didn't know that I was going to leave my job. I didn't know that that, that was the thing that I valued the most in my life. But I, I can look back and tell you that now. Why? Because it was connected to my reputation identity. The core of how I saw myself, of, of how I would relate to anything. And honestly, there was a huge wrestle for me. It was a big conflict. I had a, a bit of difficulty getting my mind wrapped around leaving because it wasn't just the practicals of what would I do next for a career. It was the, well, who am I if I don't have this career opportunity, this uh, professional identity, this reputation being associated with people who are high performing? If I didn't have that, then what did I have? And God took me on this journey over the next several years of really trying to reestablish who I am. And your identity practically is how you see yourself. So when God was trying to help me get wisdom, he was helping me do that by first recognizing the thing that I would be willing to part with should I see opportunity for something more valuable than the thing that was destroying my life. And I say destroying my life. I'm not talking about my job. I'm talking about my personal understanding of identity wrapped up professionally and how my mind being influenced by that spirit behind all of that, whether it were greed, whether it were um, some, some spirit of, of jealousy, whether it were a number of different things, that was killing me. That was leading me down the wrong paths. And I wanted to go down a new path. And I thought, well, and I didn't have the words for it at this time, but a friend said to me later, and it made so much sense to me, if there were 100% certainty that the path I was on was not the right path for me, and again, I'm not talking professionally, it was just the choices I was making, the mindset that I was in that was manifest professionally because I was just unhappy with myself and the thing I was doing the most at that time was working. And so if there were 100% certainty that the path I was on is not the right path for me, then the 1% probability that a different path would be right for me was better than the 100% certainty of staying where I was. So I was willing to seek wisdom, even if I didn't get it, to seek it, even though it cost me all I have. Why? Because what I had in return at that time was not worth whatever I had given. So verse, verse 8, cherish her and she will exalt you, talking about wisdom. Embrace her, and she will honor you, talking about wisdom. She, wisdom, will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Verse 10, listen, my son, accept what I say. He's, he's pleading, and the years of your life will be many. 
That sounds like a good deal to me. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Instruction, where? In the mind. Do not set foot, verse 14, on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. How easy is it? How easy is it to set path or you set your foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers when it comes to money? How easy is it? It's so easy. I was talking with a friend several weeks ago about this, and I was just talking about how I, I, being in certain positions in my life and seeing what can happen when your flesh leads you, when I say certain positions, I mean having debt, having difficulty financially, whatever reasons why I could go into that later, and then being in a position where you have to basically say, okay, am I going to do something unnatural for money? Do I have a pure heart? Am I willing to do something unnatural for money? Because if I don't, I don't know where money will come from. And anybody who goes on the entrepreneurial path will discover this. And people who even aren't on the entrepreneurial path, you may discover this. When you are in a position where it is difficult for you to understand where money might come from next, and you have pressure on you for whatever reason, whether it's your own doing or not, you are confronted with that decision. Will you do something unnatural for money? And that is called a temptation. And that is why we pray, because prayer prevents the temptation, or a different way of saying it, prayer precedes the temptation, and it allows us to be able to very quickly say, I'm not willing to do that, because my soul is holding on to instruction. I'm in alignment with God. God has spoke to me about this before it even happened. I'm going to guard myself well. I'm not going to be moved by my emotions because in my mind, God has given me instruction. So I won't set path. I won't set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Verse 15, avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. And by the way, this is, this is think about this. this is, these are people that don't even know the influence that they're under sometimes. People are very quick to judge other people and say, oh, that person's evil or that person's this or that. People are under influence whether you know it or not. The kingdom of darkness is the influence people are under on, on the earth because the enemy, the devil, was given authority on this earth. And the kingdom of light is here to those who have been received in the kingdom of God, to those who have made that choice to receive. Okay, It's, it's one of these things that I don't have many words for otherwise other than I believe it often hap happens simultaneously. But we're all under influence of something. And it's important to recognize that those under the influence of evil, I mean, really, who have given themselves over to evil, whether they know it or not, 
They can't rest until they do evil. They can't sleep until they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous, verse 18, is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. I found myself stumbling many times in life. And I would tell you, I did not know what made me stumble at different times. I would say, how did I get here? How did that happen? And after having 14 generations of generational sin broken off my life, I can tell you and point you back to all these different experiences and encounters. And I can point you back to the torment that I've had, the deliverance and moments of, of uh, freedom that I've had. I can tell you that many people don't know what makes them stumble. And I believe earlier today I was, I was praying and I was saying right here, I was saying people have hell on earth and they don't know what this torment is inside their mind. Guys, that's the enemy's influence. Legacy in our lives is something that is left behind. Whether it's good or bad, there's no uh, differentiation. Legacy is legacy. Whether it's positive or negative, whether it's renewing, refreshing, uh, restorative, or depleting. Legacy is legacy. And some of us have received a legacy that is not healthy, that makes us stumble. And God, I believe, is saying, hey, if you don't know where that comes from, I can show you. And, and you have to be willing to stop walking down the path of deep darkness. Verse 20, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Again, a plea. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep these words. Keep them within your heart and your soul, for they are life to those who find them in health and health to one's whole body. How many of us know that disease is dis-ease in our body? When people are doing things that they, because every eternity is in every man's heart, when people do things that they know is not right, it brings poor health to the body. You do not need to follow Jesus or speak the same language as me to know that innocent people dying in a burning, burning building is not right. Eternity is in every man's heart. We have convictions inside. And when we see things that aren't right, it makes us unhealthy. So this is a plea to take hold of these words because they're life to those who find them and their health to one's whole body. Verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Think about all the entertainment. Think about all the things that you're consuming. Think about the things going through your eyes, going into your ears, affecting your mind. Think about all those things that are going through your mind and into your will, your heart. Think about that. Everything you do flows from that. So what kind of environment do you have internally? What are you allowing into your mind, into your heart? These are important things. God is giving you wisdom and insight and instruction. Verse 24, keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. I was convicted by this. I wrote a note here 
back in 2016, I wrote a note here right next to this. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep your corrupt talk. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. My speech needed some fixing. I had adopted very poor language, partially an environment thing. I say that from a, you know, contextual, maybe New York City thing where I was living, whatever it might be. But I say environment thing, I'm talking the environment that I was allowing, what I was allowing into my mind through my ears and my eyes. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thoughts to the paths for your feet and be steadfast, consistent in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or left. Keep your foot from evil. Keep your foot from evil. At the beginning of Proverbs 4, that's what we were just reading. It says, get wisdom at any cost. In my other translation here, it says a father's wise instruction. A father's wise instruction is to get wisdom at any cost. For me, I gave you an example of what that cost was for me. It was my reputation, my identity tied to my life professionally. And I said, Lord, I'm willing to lay this down. He gave me peace. And then he asked me if I was willing to lay it down. And I said, yes, I'm willing to lay it down. I didn't have this conversation. It kind of happened all at once. But in the process leading up to that moment of decision and discernment were things like what I'm doing. I was reading Proverbs 4 for myself, hungry, approaching it like a child. What can I learn from this? Not making preconceived judgment. I was saying, I need something. Lord, I need something right now. I need something from this. And God showed up and God gave me this revelation, insight. He watered the seeds. He not only planted them, he watered them. And he gave me an opportunity to see my life differently. An opportunity to see my life differently. I remember several months later, I was in kind of this anxiety panic for money because I was um, honestly stuck in bondage when it came to the whole money mindset thing. What I mean by that is I had $100,000 in the bank and I was in a panic mode because I was single, living in New York City, no responsibilities. But I didn't know what I was going to do professionally. And I just thought, well, I'm just watching money go away, dwindle, dwindle, dwindle. And I was not so much afraid of the money being gone, although that was what I might have articulated. I was actually afraid of how I would be seen if I was continued to live my life without knowing what I was doing professionally. That was a real thing for me. But I remember sitting there and it would be like a Wednesday afternoon and I'm just sitting at my apartment, everybody's off at work. This is pre-pandemic. So this was just me kind of navigating my life. And um, I was feeling like I was the lone person because I was stuck at home, even though I probably could have done something about it. I didn't know what to do. So what I did do is I sat there, I read my Bible because I thought this is the only thing I know to do right now. I read my Bible and I remember saying, God, and this was when I was having my prayer life really transformed because I was allowing myself to be fathered by God. I remember saying, God, I don't need money, even though I'm afraid. I said, I, I need wisdom. I, I remember going through Proverbs. I remember just reading all about, it. I'm looking at chapter two. It says the value of wisdom right here. 
I remember going through it and I remember thinking to myself, Lord, I don't, I just need wisdom. Like if this is true, if what I just read is true, that's, that's kind of my mindset at the time, right? If what I, if what I just read is true, I need your wisdom because that's more valuable to me than anything else I could get. Any money, any clarity around whatever kind of career trajectory I take. And so he started just pouring out wisdom through different people, through connections to books and resources, to videos, to um, teachings, to just personal revelation, reading the Bible, spending time with him, listening to the Holy Spirit, developing a relationship. He would point me to things. He would show me things and he would give me his wise instruction. And I started to learn to hear God's voice. I've started to submit to him and surrender different aspects of my life to him. If it wasn't the job and the career path, then it was, uh, then it was my finances. And if I kind of was in a wrestle with submitting my finances to him, I'd say, okay, Lord, I really want you to take my health and I trust you with it. If, if it was, um, you know, okay, I, you, I give you my health and I'll do the thing I need to do, but I need you to, I need, I need to entrust you with my health because I don't know what this looks like in my life in this particular area. Then I moved on. And I said relationships because that was a really tough one for me. And it was something I lied to myself about it for a long time, thinking like I was good at relationships. And um, the truth is, is I had good skills and I had giftings, but I didn't have wisdom. And so it led me to be in a lot of relationships where there were unhealthy boundaries. Um, it led me to be in relationships where maybe emotionally I didn't understand how to connect in a healthy way or even physically. Um, and, and so as I was dating my now wife, I started to learn a lot of these things. So I just started giving him all these different pieces of my life. And it was not all at the same time. It was just as things happened, I started giving it to him. And I said, Lord, I need your instruction. And I was trying to come to him like a father. And, and shortly after my father passed, my father who raised me passed. He left this earth. So I really needed a father and I had maybe some father figures, but I, but I felt fatherless in many ways. And that, that was the main person in my life who had been, I was adopted at birth. And so that was the main person. My father was the main person who had been a staple in my life, a consistent person in my life as a man. And when I lost him, man, I really was shaken. And, and that's where God started to show me that I could trust him on another level for instruction in the same way that I would call my dad growing up and have a conversation, ask him questions of which many, many times he would just ask me questions right back. If I had a question for him, it was normally answered with a question. And in the same way, it was funny, God started speaking to me. He would tell me things and then he would ask me questions. He would give me insight and then he would lead me to new questions. And this is all through for me in many ways through journaling, through quiet time and reading the word of God in the Bible and building trust by acting on the things that I actually heard. God, I believe you said this, and so I'm going to do this. 
And I started to build trust over time. As I built that trust over time in many areas of my life, I started to see that a lot of times wisdom in the ways that God would give it to me would look foolish in the ways of the world. And that was just the snapshot in time perception. If I played it out over time, wisdom God would give me that looked foolish in the world would actually end up being a rewarded decision if I would let it play out over time. And so I started to see, wait a second, having wisdom is having faith, doing what God says and trusting him, doing your part and navigating important decisions by acknowledging him and inviting him in. But then letting that play out over time and making sure that you're just doing your part and acknowledging God throughout that time. I started to see when it came to money and all these other things, I was like, Lord, I, I maybe made mistakes here and there. And, and God would start to show me that I could trust him because he knew I was seeking him. He knew I was seeking his kingdom. He knew that my heart was for him and he knew I was just struggling. And so he would show me, I would make a mistake. I'll give you one practical example. I was not wise in a decision. We were about to get married. I blew $5,000 or more. I think it was like $6,000. We were about to get married. And that made no sense at that time to waste that money. And it was a very stubborn area of sin in my life that I was trying to overcome. And I had overcome. And then I had a moment of weakness and boom, I was not guarded. And then I ended up wasting thousands of dollars. Literally shortly after that, as I confessed to the person that I'd given authority to that area of my life in, a good friend of mine, and he spoke identity into me, man, you're such a man of integrity, TJ. I'm so proud of you. I know that's not who you truly are. All these things, several weeks within, within maybe three weeks, people who I hardly know entrusted me, I say entrusted me for a reason with a check for $5,000 randomly, not because I was getting married, not because uh, I provided a service or a product or anything, but because they said, we just believe in what God's doing in your life. And they didn't know all the history, they didn't know all the background. I remember getting that check. I was telling this story to somebody earlier today. I remember getting that check opening up and falling to my knees. That God would take my mistake and in his grace, which is not overlooking poor behavior or sin, it's an opportunity to change. In his grace of restoring what was lost, he gave me an opportunity to change. And he knew that the path to becoming the man that I could be was not a straight line. I wish it was, but he knew it was not a straight line. He knew that there would be some trips, some bumps, just like a baby learning how to walk. They're not just going to get up and walk and everything's fine. They're, there's going to be a moment where they wobble, where they fall, where they cry, where they have to get back up and try it again. And, and God knows that about us. He knows that about us. But the starting point 
to learning how to do all of this is not is not to try and fix your money habits in a practical sense. It's to get wisdom. It's to seek first his kingdom. In the conversation last week with Milo, that was literally, I mean, if you summarized almost everything that he was saying, as God had convicted him of greed, and then he had overcome kind of whatever there was around guilt or, or discomfort around the idea of making money. And he was like, it's, it's, it's not that God calls everybody to live in poverty. He's like, I'm actually not, I don't believe I'm, maybe that'll be one day. I don't know. But he's like, right now, God's given me this desire and the ability to create wealth. And there's, it's, it's really important that there's a healthy motivation there, but it's not about wealth. It's not about getting and acquiring wealth for generosity. Even he said, it's about seeking first his kingdom. And this is such an important thing for us to understand in our lives, because if we don't understand uh, the priority, which is seeking first his kingdom, then we'll start approaching all these things from the wrong foundation. Seeking first his kingdom, as practical as it can be. I mean, this, this is the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy. Reading Proverbs 4 gave me peace to actually give up the thing that, that cost me everything, to give up my identity so that I could seek, find, get wisdom. The kingdom of God made manifest in the living word of God. Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, triune God, Holy Spirit speaking to me through the living word of God and convicting me of things that I needed to be convicted of and speaking into my soul, bypassing the brain, skepticism, and all these things that were like preventing my soul from wanting to follow God, <laughs> bypassing the brain, the living word of God got into my mind and heart and changed my will, changed my desired convictions, decisions, and it did not mean that I went from being imperfect to being perfect. It meant that I went from not following God to following God. And it meant that I went from doing it on my own to doing it with God. And it meant that I went from lost to found, from broken to healed and still trying to get healing in areas where I'm still broken. It meant I went from powerless to powerful in God. It's, it's not a recipe. It's a change in your mentality. It's a change in your heart. It's a change in your being. And God wants to unlock things in people. God wants to unlock things in people in ways that I can't even articulate. But I know somebody listening right now is like just soaking this up like a sponge because they're so hungry and they haven't had anybody explain something in a way that makes sense to them practically, in a way that isn't religious or covered in language that keeps them from actually being able to receive. Somebody out there right now is listening and saying, Holy Spirit, you are speaking to me, and I don't know what to do about it. I just know that it's hitting home for me. 
And that's a good thing. That's the only thing that matters is that Jesus, the living God, is able to come into your home and make a home. That's what matters because he will give you the wisdom you need. He will give you the path that you need. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And if you are feeling that dead inside, if you've been struggling, whether it's this whole topic around money that we've been talking about or some of these other things, he will give you the wisdom that you need and he will bring life to that area of your life. And it may not look the way you think. You just have to be open to receive. 